Here we go. Let's go. Okay. This is it. Okay. This, this is really it. Okay. It's being recorded? Yeah. Okay. Let's Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Let's, let's do it. Okay. This, this is, is your, your strange, strange and beautiful, beautiful life. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Hello, everybody. And welcome to This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life. My name is Erica J. Schmidt, and on my podcast, I talk to people who may or may not have had the chance to transform their lives into spectacular TED Talks. And today is a little bit different. I'm pretty sure this person in front of me does not have a spectacular TED Talk. Is that right? I don't. No. Um, so today, okay, this is one of the strangest things I've ever done. Um, we are on a blind date. I'm on a blind date in my apartment. Okay, so if you've been listening to the podcast, you've probably heard some of the fabulous dating advice that I've received from guests who happen to be quite a bit younger than me, actually. There was uh, Francesca Esquera and Alexia Cote, and they had a lot of riveting and uncon unconventional advice. Um, they did not tell me to invite a stranger into my apartment uh, and put him on a podcast, but I'm just thinking outside the box. I don't know. So yeah, that's this is what we have today. And yeah, so we're going to see how that goes. But first, we're going to take a quick break. And so yes, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you, well, me and my blind, dreamy date. Uh, we'll see you on the other side. Okay. Love you. Bye. Hello, dear friends. You just heard Amir. I don't know his last name. And so the only content warning is that as is always a crowd pleaser on a first date, I mentioned my ex-ex-boyfriend, Simon, who is no longer with us because he jumped off a building. So yeah, but we don't get too into that. And otherwise, I, I wouldn't say it's light conversation. Anyways, you'll see. <laughs> I really also didn't know when to tell you this, but I just want to tell you that Amir arrived at my house. He brought hummus because I told him that I had chips. So he brought some hummus and he was a little bit late because he he was at a grocery store and he's like, I just got like over, I got carried away by the lettuce sale. So I guess like Andy Boy lettuce was on sale for $2 each. And he's like, I love a lettuce sale. So anyways, I just thought you might need that information that Amir loves a lettuce sale. So that's about all I knew about him going into the recording. Okay. Oh, and I forgot to give you my technical update. So there is no technical update. I am still having the fascinating problem of my microphone cables picking up random radio signals. Uh, so I am not crying about this anymore. There is very little I can do except for become a pro sound engineer. Uh, so I have been a pro sound engineer for about two weeks. It's going okay. Uh, so I just wanted to give you a heads up because every once in a while, maybe you can hear a little feedback behind Amir's sexy voice. And also, I didn't want new listeners to be confused at me and Amir's inside joke that happens to have to do with the radio cables. Um, yeah, Amir and I, for people who had like spoken to each other for about 17 minutes before the recording, uh, I think we pulled off a few inside jokes. So yeah, I, I hope it's not confusing. Uh, and well, most importantly, I don't want to spoil the episode. I want you to listen to the episode 
imminently. So thank you so much. And I will see you on the other side. Love you. Bye. Okay. That was very romantic. Um, so here we are. I am dripping with sweat. It is about 35 degrees in my apartment. Uh, so yeah, we have a mirror here. So how did I decide to have a blind date in my apartment for a podcast? So I have been online dating since maybe 2009 is the first time I tried Plenty of Fish. And I have had a few relationships in the middle there, but I have never really gotten lucky on these dating apps. I find them sort of terrible. How, how do you find them, Amir? Yeah, I think it's same timeline as me. I, I, don't, I don't believe in the random uh, forces of online dating. I, I'm a bigger fan of, you know, uh, finding people through friendships or, or, or even, you know, professional networks sometimes. I think, okay. I think a third of relationships come from like workplace. Okay. And then like half come online. I feel like the stats for online are kind of like, I think they're kind of high these days. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know the latest stats, but I think it's a third online, a third through friends and a third, uh, through working place. And that was like pre COVID stats. So, okay. So now I feel like it's more I like don't, half online. I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't looked it up, but I, I think that I, in the online world, it's not really my vibe. Okay. Yeah. It's like, are you on the apps? I've never seen you. <laughs> I, I have faded out of the apps. It's okay. there. I, you could probably find Bumble on my phone somewhere, okay, but I haven't Bumble. opened it in, in years. So, okay. All right. So, um, that's one thing we know about Amir. He's, he's ghosting the apps. Uh, I don't know <laughs> much else about Amir, except that I know that he went running last Thursday. He went camping on Labor Day weekend. And I just found out he worked at a bank. I was going to say he's dripping with sweat, but he's not. I am dripping, dripping. Um, lovely September heat wave we have here happening. And so we want to have a really, we want to have a more natural episode. So we are going to do more of a date than an interview. Uh, but first, I want to ask Amir a question because See, I have already asked two other people on the apps, but you're not on the apps. Uh, but I, 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 on Facebook dating, I was like, hi, I have a podcast. How's your English? Would you like to do a first date on my podcast? And guess how many people said yes to that? Zero. Well, David said yes, but then he unmatched me. So <laughs> it just didn't really work out. Um, but uh, Probably for the best. I guess, yeah. He said he was into um, reading and like, I don't know, having orgasms in the sheets like on Sunday afternoons. That's what he was into. Um, so David didn't work out. Whoever else, some other guy had a chalet. He was too busy at a chalet. So I found you through a friend. So two people have confirmed that you are not a psychopath. So mm -hmm. that's why I was like, it's okay if he comes over. Uh, but why, like, why did you say yes to something so weird? Like a stranger. Right. So like, just like I, I texted Amir probably three pages in a text message um, told him about the project, sent him a link to the podcast, which I don't think he listened to. And it's like, I, I really didn't like, I, I wanted him to say yes, but I did not expect that. So why Amir, did you say yes? Uh, I don't know. I just love the serendipity of it all. I think, uh, I think, I don't know. Why not? Why not is the question. 
Okay. So you're like an adventurous person. I have another question. So like, would you ever approach a girl on the street? Like if you were like, oh. Like a pickup artist? Oh, is that what, is that it, only pickup artists do that? Let's just say there's a high correlation between pickup artists and um, people who approach. Okay. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't randomly approach a girl on the street and be like, I like, like, I like your legs. Somebody did that to me on the weekend, actually. Some guy's like, hey, I, I, like, he just like drove his scooter right up to me. He's like, hey, I like your hair and your legs. I'm like, huh. And like, I didn't <laughs> want to judge him, but like, I mean, so that's always a bad sign, you would say. I don't know. Well, the question is, what, what, what was your reaction to that? Well, at first I was like, what the hell, dude? You can't do that. Women are going to freak out when you do that. But then he was from another country and I was like, well, I don't want to be like rude. And like, it was okay. I felt like a little on the spot, I guess. But like, I also didn't want to be patronizing. So I don't know. So, so, so okay. So you did freak out. Like initially, sub- well, I was kind of like, dude, and then like I don't know, I kind of was like, well, maybe I should give him a chance, but like it just, I wasn't sure. That like we talked for a few blocks, and it was okay. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not that type of guy. Okay, yeah, I like I maybe it works for some people, uh, maybe it works for some guys, and maybe some girls are into it, but I I just don't have that type of I don't know. Uh, I just I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, you don't want people to not- feel uncomfortable. Oh, are we gonna? How old are you? Are you younger than me? I think, right? I I don't know. Okay, can I guess your age and not gonna be mad at me if I get it? No, I I'm not gonna like make up a younger age to make you feel better. Okay? No, please don't. Okay, thirty four. Thirty five. Okay, I did so good. I'm okay. flattered. Thanks, thanks for flattering. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, okay, so Amir's um not going. He's not someone to pick a, up a girl on the street. So you're just kind of somebody who goes for it. Well, I would say you definitely get points. Like I felt like there was about a sixty to 95% chance that you would bail on this. So I really, it's very commendable that you're here. Thank you so much. Um, And then Amir did his homework. Uh, He asked GPT after I texted him, he was like, okay, well, what's this date going to be like? How can I ensure it's a success? So he asked GPT for some conversation starters, right? Yes. Yeah. But then you decided that it would be Better if you asked ChatGPT, like, what should I say so that we have the most awkward first date ever, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So <laughs> those we are de- more interesting questions. Yeah. So we decided to use those questions. <laughs> and I also, I also added some of my own questions. So Amir, do you have, I think you have, you get to ask the first question and we'll both, okay. like, we can both answer. So the awkward list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I texted it to you. Oh, yeah. Erica J. Schmidt. What did you ha- what did you name me on your phone? I I have not saved your name yet. Oh my goodness. I put you <laughs> down as Amir first date. Have you stalked me online at all? I I have I sorry, I have not. I'm so easy to stalk online. You didn't I, even click. Well I didn't like I didn't stalk you. I, I just wanted this to be serendipitous. Okay, I, that's mind. really cute. Okay. Oh, yeah. So Okay, I'm I'm looking at the <laughs> Okay, so Okay, you want me to ask the first question? Got it. I'm totally with you right now. So let's discuss <laughs> our most embarrassing, horrible dating experiences ever. Okay, so I don't know. I'm really sweaty now. That's a bit embarrassing. Um, I, okay, you, oh, do I have to go first? Uh, yeah, okay, I'm asking like, you. I mean, what do you think? Like, is it like sexual or, I don't know how hard to hit here. Like the most embarrassing thing, well... Okay, like, I, uh, all right, so I was like, I don't know if it was embarrassing, it turned out okay, but like, 
I just find that sometimes like eating first before you have sex is risky. Um, and <laughs> no, it's not what you think. <laughs> it's probably worse. Uh, and so like I was, uh, I was in Mexico. This is my last great fuck, March 9th, 2020, everybody. Actually, that's not true. Uh, but anyways, I had a three day fling in Mexico, right? Because my house burned down instead of finding an apartment, I fled to Mexico in right before the pandemic. And so I met this guy who I call Kafka by the shore. I met him. He was reading, um, what is that Japanese author who's like very, you know? Macabre? Ma yeah, that Murakami. He is was, it Macabre or Macabre? Murakami, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. He okay. wrote something about a bird. Yeah, yeah, the Wind Up Bird Chronicles. Yes. Okay, so he was reading like Kafka by the Shore. And so Kafka by the Shore, this dude, um, we, I don't know, we just, we had, we, he had a lot of dad jokes, but he had great hair and he was just like, I don't know, he was nice. I just, I, at first I wasn't sure. And then I was like, yeah, I want a three day fling. And so then, so then we, um, we had muffins for breakfast and that was okay. And then I was like, well, I'm ready to like go to his little cabana and have, you know, make out and all that. But he wanted to have tacos first, right? He wanted to have guacamole and tacos. Dudes are so hungry. And I wouldn't say that women aren't hungry, but like, I just, I just feel like there's more timing involved. That's how I feel. And, and so, yeah, we had guacamole. I mean, it was probably in my best interest. I was a little undernourished at the time, but then I, we made out, it was fun, whatever. But then I gave him a blow Bef before or after, after lunch, after the guacamole. Okay. And like, I like, I like the puke came out like I had and, and to be honest this ha has happened more than once because like I don't know if you want to know this about me Amir but I had a pretty serious eating disorder I'm an excellent eater now well, I wouldn't say excellent but you know what I mean I'm, I'm okay now but like anyways this happens that like uh, like it'll come up and I'm like my mouth is full on his cock and I was like <laughs> so that's kind of embarrassing I mean it all worked out he had like a 25 minute orgasm like not like after later on we did something yeah. else you know uh so i thought that was a bit embarrassing what about you <laughs> i'm not sure if i can beat that okay I win. but I'm uh uh okay i uh there's a there's a long list of embarrassing um dates but i would say the most m recent one that i can maybe speak to was i th I, th I went to um some some terrace mm -hmm. on uh in little italy in okay. montreal in montreal that's yeah. where we are trendy yeah and I, I i think it was just like talking and at a certain point uh the the person i was having a first date with started telling me you know why aren't you ordering wine and food and i'm like i don't know like <laughs> am i supposed to i'm just waiting for the server she's like well you're the man you're supposed to bring the server over oh no and i was like okay I have no idea. This that is like that 1920 was, or what? Uh, yeah, I know. It was a little bit anachronic, like a little bit out of out of time. So, but that was like the flavor of the event. Nothing like your story. Your story is much more evocative, I'd say. And and mine is much more emasculating. Okay. <laughs> so it's okay. like. It's, so did you, did you like, or did you end up ordering food and drinks? Yeah, I had to order foods. She wanted me to pour drinks. She wanted me to. Uh, First well, date? Oh, God. It was, yeah. Well, she was like, you know, I, I'm looking for a man who can, like, take care of me. And I'm like, okay, well, like, I mean, I'm sure, like, I don't, I don't know what that means, but, like... Did I, you go on a second date? I did not go on a second date. Okay. See, what I think is interesting is that there's a lot of rules that have come up in dating, 
Yeah. Um, because for good reason, because women have been abused and harassed and it's been really terrible. Uh, but I wonder if like for nicer guys, it kind of is a bit of a like, I don't know if you're allowed to say this, not a buzzkill, but it just makes dating like more awkward and embarrassing, like just more mm. difficult to navigate because you're like constantly trying to like, because other women are just like, what the fuck, dude? You're like, they wouldn't want you to pay. Mm-hmm. Also, why are you ordering drinks and food on a first date? Like, hello, one 45 minute coffee. That's it. I mean, here <laughs> I know, we're maybe. doing a 90 minute podcast, but like, <laughs> that just seems like just like online dating 101. Don't order food, right? Yeah, I know. You got to start with a coffee before you. Yeah, Before you move just on like, to something else. Walk in the park, anybody? You know, like <laughs> I just agree. like then it's at least that, you got to walk out of it. That right? was my fault. I should have walked in the park before I got to the. Yeah, got to little the Italy's a little fancy, maybe also. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's I mean to answer your question, it's I I don't know if I put myself in the category of nice guys. I, I'm not claiming that title, but I have to say that it is sometimes confusing to me what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, I'd say it's a factor in what, why I don't spend a lot of effort in dating. I know this sounds a little bit cocky, but I think also it's, it is a reason as to why like, I, I have other projects in mind rather mm-hmm. than just trying to make dating work. So I know it sounds, it sounds a little bit, you know, um, like I've given up, but also at the same time, it's, 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 it is confusing sometimes. Yeah. And it feels like to me, it yeah. feels like it's not going to work. You know, like this is how I feel about on like, I just like, yeah. I'm waiting for when it's like, oh no, it's not going to work. Like you're going to see the guy. He's going to like smell like cigarettes, even <laughs> though he said he wasn't a smoker or like, yeah. it's just like, or he's just going to remind you of some pervy uncle or just like, it's just not going to click. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're going to yeah. try so hard yeah. to make the conversation go and it doesn't go. And then I always feel so, I feel so relieved when it doesn't work out. I'm like, okay, that's good. We're back to this. We know how this works. Okay, (laughs) good to go. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm trying to keep, so I think going back to your original question, why did I like this? Because it was so novel and Mm -hmm. such a different format that I, I was like, yeah, this is, this is why I want to be here because this is not the usual. He's having the best first date of his life. I I have to say this is probably going to be memorable, so. Yeah, I thought that too. No matter what yeah, happens, yeah, I thought yeah. this is going to be like, yeah. and, and think of all the people listening. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Um. So are you ready? The next question is, we'll get to know ourselves. I, I have it here. So uh, what do you think is the best part about dating you? And what do you think is the worst part about dating you? Oh, right. <laughs> Um, okay. What are my strengths and weaknesses, I guess, is a way of... I. But like in terms of like, in, in terms of a partnership too, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, so I'd say um, I, I try to be, I try, I try to uh, help my, my partners to try to be supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think sometimes that uh, etches into savior complex. Ooh, so, savior complex. So, yeah, so I have, so now it's like, I, yeah, now, now I wonder if I'm overcorrecting. So anyway, I have this weird complex around my savior complex. So it's like, a, it's like, it's, it's a careful balance that I'm trying to have around trying to be helpful and and supportive at the same time not being overbearing and also so it's 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 kind of the same thing it's two sides of the same coin uh mm-hmm. what, what the best and worst part is that and did you find you're withdrawing in attempts to not be a savior and then you're kind of like people are kind of missing the yeah. warmth and so, the caring so i'd say more late stage i'd say that's true i have been been a little bit more withdrawn because mm-hmm. i don't want to step because i i have had a couple of bad you know experiences with with that savior company not only necessarily in a partnership context but also Mm -hmm. 
in you know other contexts as well. And so it's something that I, I'm just a little bit cautious about. So I, I might be, at this stage, I might be a little bit too withdrawn. Okay. Uh, so it might be a little bit too slow almost okay. uh, in terms of opening up. So I'd yeah. say that's th- that's like my strength and weakness. Okay. Yeah, that's an easy dynamic to fall into because like, yeah. here's a little secret. Like a lot of us want to be saved, right? Like, I know. It's like I had a friend, my cool friend Fern, one time I called her in the bathtub crying. I was like, I just called the crisis center. They told me to like wash my hands or something. And I was like, that's stupid. Nobody's going to help me. And she's like, Erica, you need to put a reminder in your phone five times a day that nobody is coming to save you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Fern, really? That's like such a, like, how disappointing. Yeah. But it's really true. I was like, and yeah, you have you. But at the same time, part of being with somebody is that, you know, they can save you from your, the radio signals in your cables. <laughs> um, right? <laughs> yes, that's one way of putting it, yes. Okay, they can actually. Nobody, nobody saved me from that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay. Do you want to hear the best and worst parts about dating me? Yes. Okay. And do you want to guess? No. Uh, I no, would say I what the best part about dating me, I can't think, I just can't decide. Uh, no, I, I think I'm original. Like, I think that you will, it, it will be interesting. Like, I hope yeah. so. Anyways, yeah. like, I just, I, yeah. I think I am quirky and you might have a fun time with that. Uh, I am a little bit funny sometimes. Yeah, I just think that it won't be boring. Dating me will not be boring. However, I do go to bed at 9.30 p.m. sometimes. Uh, And so the worst part about dating me is that I have a hard time regulating my emotions. Like I have had uh, some mental health issues. I don't have any diagnosis or anything like this, but I am an intense person. I have intense feelings. I have intense emotions. I'm on my 13th therapist. I do all the things you're supposed to do to be a little more even keel. Mm. And it's not always like, it's not always an immense success, the regulation. Like it, and I, but then I feel when I'm delighted, I'm very delighted. And when I'm delightful, I'm reasonably delightful. But I, I think there's the other side that I think that it's not, it's not for some people. Like I think it's overwhelming for some people. I think maybe you can get used to it too. You're gonna be like, oh, I'm just like, I have to cry right now. Like one of my, my dearest friends, he's like, oh yeah, when I first saw you cry, I was a little bit alarmed. But now I realize it's just, it's just like a fart, you know, it's just kind of like... <laughs> It's just like, oh, that's just what she does to process. But sometimes it gets a little bit, um, it it gets a little draining for me. So I imagine for the other people, like it can get a little bit um, extensive. So do you cry differently than others or? Well, I mean. What's what's strange about the crying? Is it the frequency? Is it the intensity? The the frequency for sure. like the intensity also, both of those things, like okay. kind of like, you know, a whole face, like some people are very delicate, like just a few tears. <laughs> it's like a whole facial situation. Like I cry like a kid, you know? Okay. Uh, like and, what's not coming out of your nose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can show you pictures if you want. Um, there's some pictures on the <laughs> internet probably, yeah. but uh, yeah. So that's something that like sometimes I feel like dating is a bit of a joke because you can do this sort of like charming first date, ha yeah. ha ha, have some sparkling water. Um, what'd you do this summer? And, but then I just, it's just a matter of time before it's like yeah. somebody hurts your feelings or whatever, or you just get upset about something external and they're like, oh God, I mean, it was so fun. Why can we just keep having fun? And I mean, we can't exactly, but yeah. 
Okay, so are you? Re- I think. Oh, it's. Do my, you have any my... questions about my strengths and weaknesses? Uh, no. I mean that that's that's a honest assessment. Okay. Um, so now you we have sharing. your question. Yes. So okay. So do you have? Oh, I love this question. Do you have a c- controversial opinion that might upset people? Okay. So now I go first. Yeah. Um. Well, I I would like for men to menstruate. Like, if I could change one thing about the world, I would like men to have to have their periods. I just think that they should know what it's like. And I think that, yeah, I, I think that would be just, it would just be, like, I mean, it's a bit of a, I'm a, sometimes I'm a bit pissed off at men. And I'm like, you know, like, I have certain people in mind, and I would like them to have their periods, just because, like, I've I've been, like, scoffed at by men for having, like, you know, cramps and, like, being more emotional or whatever. And it's, like, a, it's a very, it's a very marked difference, too. It's one of the fun things about dating me. And, like, not always, but, like, yeah, it can be a little dramatic. And so I would just like men to also yeah. experience that. Um, and then I guess another thing is that I would, like, I would kind of, do I really want this? I I would kind of like there, for there to be no alcohol in the world like no alcohol and cigarettes i think cigarettes are gross and i think alcohol is interesting because how many of us would never have been born if it wasn't for our parents drinking and liking them liking each other more than they would have if they were sober you know like how many people would still be virgins if they were sober like i think it would really make us evolve as a society to have to function without alcohol so for, for better or for worse well i mean i guess some people would make it but it could be... I mean, we have experiments like this in the Middle East where there's no alcohol. Oh, it's not going well there, is it? <laughs> no. Like, I don't know. Oh, no. I don't, I don't know. But what about in the West? Like, I just feel like we have the drugs that we, like, are compensating for just, like, the lack of sort of humanity in our society, right? Like, we get up, we have to have a bunch of coffee so that we can, like, be vertical in our day jobs. And then we're so strung out that we have to drink at the end of the day to, like, take the edge off and tolerate our partners. Mm our partners not like i have one but yeah i think i i don't know i guess maybe it's not going to work out i think it's maybe not a useful controversial opinion no i mean it's i think it's valid a controversial opinion a valid <laughs> as, controversial as... opinion vco um yeah. but yeah it's probably not going to happen and yeah the men getting their period i don't think anybody's going to like work towards making that happen either it's, it's a lot of resources yeah, that's not a, it's not the best use of resources. Okay, what what's your controversial opinion? My my controversial opinion. Um, okay, I mean, okay. So if we're being honest here, I I think so. I I have generally a very progressive job. I I have a very progressive group of friends. I do think sometimes uh, progressive causes um, have gotten a bit out of hand. Mm. Uh, whether it's uh, around race, whether it's around climate change, and I work in climate change. This mm-hmm. is my job. And you're yeah. also not white too. And I, I, my, yeah, mirrors. I, I hope is a giveaway for others. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think things around racism, and you know, also, you know, things around. Um, I this is this one is maybe a little bit more controversial. I think in Montreal, um, there's a lot of. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to say this. Uh, when it comes to uh, women's rights, I feel like Montreal is like really ahead of the pack globally. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to gender. There's a lot of global issues worldwide that I think merit a little bit more focus than the ones that we see here. So I think, uh, again, not to dismiss what people experience in any of those causes, but I think sometimes I, I get a little bit frustrated with lack of perspective around 
specific micro examples of how, how these manifest themselves. What's a micro example? What's an example? So I'll talk about climate change, which is like... One. Oh, I wanted you to talk about women. <laughs> oh, we're talking about women? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's like, uh, I think about economic opportunities. And, uh, and for me, it's, yes, I understand historically, uh, you know, women have been at a disadvantage economically. I think, and yes, there's historical components around it. But I think, again, if you are in Montreal, if you're in Canada, I think there's quite a bit of opportunities as compared to, you know, places that I'm more familiar with growing mm -hmm. up. So like in Iran, in Afghanistan, that is now under it's Taliban. Not going well in Afghanistan. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, you know, I, I understand there's challenges, but it's also like, is, is that, where's the, where's the biggest uh, issue right now that needs to be focused on in, in these, or what's the biggest area that needs focused uh, in these areas? And sometimes I'm not sure that, you know, again, like, I work for a company that, you know, leadership is 60% women. And so for me, it's like, I don't really need to get education on uh, diversity training when there's and bigger the issues. Yeah. And stuff. But like in terms of like women, like getting less money and having to take more of the load, the family load and having to like run households and like, like women are the people who are taking like, they are like in a in a relationship if there's like the, the kid need, the kids has some sort of health problem each go to an appointment like women are taking time off work like women they're choosing their careers based on how they can take care of children who need sure. to be taken care of because otherwise yeah. when we get old there's going to be nobody to cut our toenails and <laughs> this is so it's just like this sort of invisible labor that doesn't get paid i don't know i think it's a priority in my opinion uh, yeah, so we're, now we're talking about women who want to have children. That's, mm -hmm. that's a narrower subset. But uh, I also think that I should make as much money as men, except I'm not really... Do you want children? No, but why wouldn't I, like... So, so that's the thing is, are we talking about women who want to have children? It's about women who want to have children are definitely at an economic disadvantage. But I'm also at an economic disadvantage because, like, if I, like, I interviewed for a job and I asked all my, like, a bunch of female friends, well, should I ask for a bigger salary? And they were like, oh, no, don't rock the boat. Not all my female friends, but a couple, like, you know, they did. My mother was like, oh, no, I wouldn't say anything. Like, a lot of women, they just, they're conditioned not to ask for more money. They're conditioned, like, to just be, be grateful for, like, much less than what men get automatically. Like, I don't know. I mean, we're not marching in the streets about this, but like certainly Afghanistan that like women aren't allowed to go to school and all the horrible things that are happening in Afghanistan, certainly more, more distressing. Right. But I think it's all part of the whole picture. Like it's all, it's all part of it, you know? Yeah. I, again, like, yeah, if you ask me, okay, do I oppose uh, equal pay for one? Of course not. That's right. not, that's not what I'm I'm saying. Yeah. I, I am, I hold many of these progressive causes. Uh-huh. To heart. I just yeah. think tactically it's, it's a mess. Okay. Yeah, tactically it's a mess. And what were you going to say about climate change? Yeah, so like uh, climate change. So this is my bread and butter. And I think that there is a, a bit of panic uh -huh. that I don't think is helpful. Uh, I think there is, yes, it's, it's a serious issue. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think the world is going to disappear uh, within our lifetimes or even our kids' lifetimes. Really? I really don't think you so. You don't think it? Oh, but parts of the world are disappearing. Like they're burning down. Okay, so I, I, so this is the other hot take that I have. I think there is a little bit of conflation between vulnerability and, and climate change. So by vulnerability, what I'm specifically referring to is the fact that we have a lot of infrastructure today that didn't exist mm -hmm. a long time ago. 
And we're also much more primed, our systems are much more primed uh, to detect damages to existing infrastructure rather mm -hmm. than uh, the emergence of, let's say, other, for example, air, for, for example, we're much more sensitive to um, loss of agricultural land than to the development of new agricultural land, for example. Uh, okay. One of the statistics that I think is often cited is that there's actually more green coverage of the world globally uh, now than there has been since the Industrial Revolution. Really? This is true, yeah. Okay. And, but, but I think the, uh, the way our, and I work in the financial system, and the way our financial system works is that it really pays attention to losses, and so we have a bias towards... Okay. Uh, sorry. Well, negativity bias. We have a huge negative negativity bias in general as humans, and this is amplified through media, but it's also amplified through the way we have financialized everything. Okay. And right. the way we insure things, the way we give out loans. And so I think it gives us a little bit of a, a panic mode. Okay. And where I think it matters is that we're not giving enough resources to adaptation. Okay. I, so, so we're throwing our money at electric vehicles, and this is not really the most useful thing we can do. Uh, we're throwing, you know, all our money into like, you know, building uh, sustainable aviation fuel, like, or, or trying to decarbonize the airplane sector. Is that really where we should be spending money? Well, would it be better if we didn't fly as much or? Um, no, I think we could just invest in, adapt in infrastructure that is more resilient to fires, update our codes, oh. uh, build, uh, build better designs around water management at and you know you look at holland and you look at bangladesh what's the primary difference between those two countries they're mudslides yes uh, but they are exposed from a physical perspective they're exposed in much similar ways okay. uh, to to threat of flood but one has a gdp that can significantly uh that that is a significant contributor to the management of their water systems mm -hmm. But Bangladesh doesn't have that. And so this, it's, it's really, it, it, I think it's masking a deeper problem, which is around poverty. Right. But, okay. So, so I think that's another, again, like going back to sort of where I have controversial takes is not that I, I don't disagree with outcomes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in climate change, obviously, we're looking for human prosperity, you know, in, in uh, diversity, whether it's racial or whether it's gender, obviously, we're looking for equal outcomes. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think tactically, we're, we're sometimes focused on what's sexy rather than what makes the most sense. Okay. Seems reasonable. Controversially reasonable. But I feel like a lot of people, like, they find what I say, like, I have to build up to it. I think a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, like, but that's the thing is we're very, we're very quick to sort of shut people up and cancel people, like, just with any kind of, like, point yeah. of view that's, like, just a little bit off of ours. It's like, oh, no, right? Like, just, and so it's a bit dangerous, maybe. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, that, that was the question. That's why I love this question is because yeah. it's controversial. Yeah. Okay, next. Are you ready? <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> All right. So, Amir, why, and both of us, why are you single right now, and do you think there is a dysfunctional reason for this? It's because of my controversial opinions. You think so? Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. If it is, uh, nobody's told me yet. Maybe you could be the first to tell me. But um, I think, honestly, uh, I don't know. I just became single and I... Started. How long have you been single? It depends on how you count single. Well, I count... So, like, it doesn't mean if you've had casual sex or you've had sex that didn't, like, 
I don't know, like th- three dates or more. Like it doesn't get more than three. Mm-hmm. Let's say you need to have sex more than three times for it to be a thing. Maybe mm-hmm. I made that up just right now. But like, yeah, I like I haven't had an official boyfriend since I was like 29. So now I'm 37. Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't uh, dated anyone since I guess right before COVID. Okay. I don't know when that when was that, that was well they say it started in March of 2020 that's about when I was yeah like puking on that guy's cock <laughs> but he wasn't a yeah. boyfriend yes yeah I'd say uh I'd say that was the last time I was pseudo dating someone uh-huh and I think at, at COVID I just kind of got used to it and coming out of honestly now it's like I kind of enjoy spending time with myself mm-hmm. and you know i'm obviously open to meeting people but it's it's not an emphasis right now it sounds like you have a lot of you have a good group of friends you're pretty busy with your job yeah you kind of like your job i'm also at much more peace with myself now yeah. so i have much less of a drive okay. um to try to find a relationship mm-hmm. um because i don't know maybe, maybe i've gotten used to it. maybe that's how i'm trying to and you're not like you don't have the goal of getting married and having children uh I mean, I'm getting older, so I, I, I have Did had... I say get old and have children? I meant get married and have children. I, I think I got the message. Okay. I don't know what you said, but I think I understood <laughs> your question. Um, yeah, I, I, I so definitely have had that goal. Okay. I think as I've gotten older, I sometimes question that goal. Uh-huh. Um, have I fully made peace with the fact that I'll never have children or I'll never get married? No, I don't think so. Uh, but like, I'm looking at my behavior and it doesn't look like I'm seeking that yeah. in my behavior. Okay, so that's there's you apparently not dysfunctional. Maybe you don't want to get into a savior complex situation, something like that. It this. could be. It could be that I have, but uh, you know, it feels different. It feels. Yeah. It feels. Yeah, I feel like you know much more. Com- maybe I've gotten comfortable. Okay. Did you want to know whether there's like what was the question? Like, oh. I, I'd love to know why you're. Oh, okay. Why you've been? Why single. am I single right yeah. now? Well, I am also quite pleased with the freedom you have being single. Like, I have a lot of things that I like to do that by myself. Like, I like to exercise by myself. I like, um, I don't find like writing with other people around is really helpful. I like reading extensively. Like, I like reading like at least a book a week. Um, I have friends that I want to see and I don't want to have to be like, hey, I'm meeting with the girls on Friday. We have to make sure we get our couple time or whatever. Like, it just, I don't really like that idea. So there's that. Uh, But I think there is maybe also some sense that I just, like, it's just not happening. You know what I mean? People are like, oh, like, Hmm. when I was, I got out of, I moved to Halifax for a dude. Uh, when I was like 25, 26, something like this. And I lived happily ever after for three and a half years, except I really didn't like Halifax very much. And I was, I was just a bit depressed. Like I really kept trying to, I, I, I loved the dude. I loved his dog. Like Halifax was pretty enough, whatever. But I, I kept trying, like it just, something wasn't clicking. I never felt home. I never found, I, fit, I met some nice people. I still talked to a little bit, but I never found like my people, like my core group of friends. And I was really lonely. So then when I went back, um, the other thing is my ex-boyfriend, he, he was, I don't know, he maybe had some savior complex. He was very supportive and he, it was like a cozy, it was a cozy thing. He worked a lot, um, but he was, he wasn't afraid of my emotions. Um, 
and it was just like safe, but it felt, I don't know. I felt like I wasn't like, I felt like parts of me kind of shut down and we're, I don't know. We just, parts of me shut down. Is that true? I, one, one thing that was, that I felt was really important to me is that I wanted to be independent. So when I got, when I moved to Halifax, I was pretty broke. I was like trying to become a famous writer, but I was like working three jobs. I was like a lifeguard and like a caregiver. And I, um, and he was very generous. I lived rent free for a year and he was like, and just focus on your writing. Um, this involved a lot of like drinking alone and crying and doing quite a lot of yoga also. Um, so, but I mean, I don't know, it was fruitful time, but I guess like when I got out of that relationship, I just, I really wanted to know that I could could support myself and that like I could be alone. So I I think it was important for me to know that I could like make enough money to stay alive. And, um, you know, I I went to India by myself. I did a lot of things by myself. So that was important. Um, I didn't think that I would be single this long. Like uh, after Halifax. I went to India for a year. Then I went to, I lived with these girls for a month and they were all 34. And I was like, are you guys seeing anybody? And they're like, oh no. And none of them had been seeing anybody for like four years. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, come on, you got to like get some action. Right. And I was like, I would never, I'm like, I will never let that happen. Uh, but it did happen. And I mean, I've had action. Uh, but another thing that is a little bit dysfunctional is that And it's very cliche and lots of girls do this, but I like always, I am drawn to people who are very unavailable, like just, and I don't know if it was because like in Halifax, I had my first real heartbreak, like the first guy I broke up with and I was like, oh, it's sad, right? Um, Other thing that happened, maybe um, I had the boyfriend before the Halifax guy, he, he jumped off a building. So he, he died by suicide. And someone you were dating? Well, not while I was dating him, but after. Like right around the time I broke up from, I broke up with the guy from Halifax, the guy had jumped off the building. So it was like, uh, I don't know. It just felt like a lot to process. And I, so right. So then I met a married man like soon after I left Halifax and really clicked. (laughs) And so I kind of like, I, I like fooled around with him and it, it was a lot of like, it was more of an emotional thing. Like we hooked up a bit, but like it was a lot of like emails and texts and stuff. And it just, it went, it dragged on a really long time. And then after that, are you ready for this? It's yeah. a long story. Um, this is the sort of thing you're probably not supposed to say on a first date, but, but then after that I had, um, I went to public funded therapy, my 11th therapist, his name was Vincent. And I had that thing where you fell in love with your therapist. Oh, wow. Really hard. Like, just like. Did he reciprocate? Well, we, there's a, there's a YouTube, there's a, I performed a story uh, at Confabulation on, it's on YouTube, but should I spoil it? We, so I thought, okay, I need to get over my undying love for my therapist, right? Um, so then I went on Bumble, okay? Uh, like just January 1st or whatever, we all sign up for online dating and I'm like swiping away. And then I get to this dude, he has like a baseball cap and a fire, he's in like some faraway majestic land, soothing blue eyes. And it's, uh, it's Vincent. It says Vincent 38 under his photo. And so I was like, Erica, don't swipe, right? Right? He didn't swipe you back. You just break your own heart. But like, what would you do in that situation? 
Wait, tell me. So this was Vincent was your therapist. Vincent was my therapist. He was like, I, I'm like there with him. I saw yeah. him on Bumble, right? Yeah. Trying to get over him. Yeah. Um. You know, I have certainly been in. I don't want to say similar situations, but I can relate to. I, I don't know if I can call it addiction, but maybe an addiction to. Uh, yeah. You know, like longing. It's a, a long, longing. It's a Thank longing you. Longing. Addiction. It's it's a longing addiction. And I, I've had that ex- extensively and mm-hmm. I have, and it, it has evolved. And mm-hmm. the stage I'm in right now is one that I, that is very easy for me to say, oh, I'll, I'll never, I'll never swipe. Uh, okay. Which, which way is it? Swipe, you would swipe right on yeah. someone who could never love you back. You would never do that. Uh, on the particular individual. Um, so I've, I've processed that and, and that, pro- that chapter has closed. But if you had asked me at a stage where I still had that craving, uh, that longing, uh, I would have totally, like, I couldn't have controlled myself. No. Well, I tried to control myself okay, for, like, yeah. three minutes, and then I was like, oh, my God, no, I have to swipe right. Come on. Like, <laughs> if he loves me back, this is ideal. So, so what happened? We matched. Oh, my God. And we matched on Bumble. And I was like, so oh, then... God. I went to his office, so it was like a Sunday morning, and I'm like, hi, Vincent, do you like my profile? Now do we get to go get a sandwich? And then, um, and then he didn't write back. And so I'm like, but then my friends were like, well, he can't put in writing that he loves you. He'll lose, he'll lose his job. So I'm like, okay. So then I have a session with him on Wednesday afternoon, and it's like Sunday morning. So I have to just like knuckle grind my way waiting for this session. Yeah. And so I get there, and I'm like, Hi, Vincent, we matched on Bumble. And he's like, yeah, I guess we should talk about that. (laughs) And I was like, well, I have that thing where you love your therapist. And he was like, oh, my God, you do? And he was just, like, really pale. Like, it was just, like, he, he looked stressed. And he didn't say, like, oh, I have that thing where I love you back. And... But he he said, like, he kept saying things like, oh, no, 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 sorry, it was an accident. I'm so sorry. I just, like, I didn't know it was you, which, like, he's, and he's like, you know, patients and therapists can never date. It's really never allowed ever. Once a patient, always a patient. But I don't know. Like, I felt like he, I felt like we'd flirted. Like, I felt like, I felt like I was his favorite, per- like, his favorite patient. And, like, I, the longing, it just stayed. For years, like years, I wrote him letters after we stopped, like we stopped seeing each other. I wrote him like all these letters. I made a book out of it. It's like 220 pages or something. It hasn't been published, but. um, No way. Yeah. I wrote, it's like, I mean, I had like 100,000 words of writing to Vincent. First of all, did you, like, did you guys actually like. No, it was all in my head. Nothing happened. He has a girlfriend. Like, I stalked him and found he had a girlfriend. I still kept writing to him. Like, it's just pathological. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so what was the, what would you say was the most appealing part? Is his, his absence? Maybe. I mean, he was a very kind of like generic looking Quebecois dude. Like, good looking, right? But not like, I mean, I shouldn't say that. But he was, you know what I mean? Like, what was special about Vincent? He listened to me and he was deadpan. <laughs> And then, like, the few times he, I made him laugh. Actually, I made him laugh all the time. But I always felt like I was winning at therapy when I made him laugh. Like, I just felt special, I guess. But I made it up. I, I don't know. Like, I think, his, I think maybe it was his absence. Um, but, like, I mean. It was like a feel, like, 
Like, and also he sort of did, it did feel like he'd saved me at a certain point. He'd, we'd stopped seeing each other for a while. And then I had a really bad summer and I called him and he was like, he called me back. And, but he wasn't like, it wasn't helpful therapeutically The do not recommend being in love with your therapist. I feel like he also made a few mistakes. Um, but yeah. Wow. So what did you send this book to a publisher? I'm trying to. Nobody's nobody's written me back yet. Yeah, I send I send books to publishers. What, if you were to like write the narrative of, or if you were to plot the the arch of this love letter, was was there, would there be like chapters or like like big like phases stages in your in in what you what you wrote about well there are arcs but i mean there are chapters are there arcs like this is a problem because it's a story in my life and now it's like it's not like i i found somebody like viable and like available after vincent in fact i was like so i had um i'd had the fire right so i was like just like walk wandering around montreal subletting and just kind of kind of messy like kind of, i don't know just like a little like just talking really fast and just a little anxious, you know, just yeah. kind of walking my feelings. And I come across a dude on a, bar on a park bench and it's like a mutual friend. I met him before and I sit down, we talk for like 45 minutes, an hour. And it's like, you know, great chemistry. Like it felt like really faded. Um, and I'm like, I couldn't tell what the vibe was. But I was like, oh, is this my next love story? And then, so guess what? He what? was gay. So... <laughs> Like, so that didn't work out. And like, there's another I wrote. Did your longing increase or decrease after well, that? Well, I did. I will say I did not fall in love with this, this gay guy. I call him my gay husband, but we had a very um, tumultuous COVID friendship and we it, it did not survive. <laughs> so it was like a very, see, these are things you're not supposed to tell people on your first date. But um, uh, so it was... Uh, like all consuming intense kind of like with Vincent also, although there wasn't like, there wasn't the love piece with it, but there was certainly an attachment and right. uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's an essay I wrote about it. <laughs> wow. Um, so that's my dysfunctions. Um, that's well, thank you for sharing. Um, uh, that's a bit much. Maybe <laughs> I think it's your turn for the it's, question. It's your story. Why? Okay. Why, yeah. Uh, sweating i'm just like uh, uh, soaked. this black t-shirt is absorbing absorbing okay. i think are, we're are missing like a candlelight here I'm, I'm worried about the the romance yeah i mean like this what is what do you call this is this a controller what is it? the h the zoom h6 you don't the, think it's the called? zoom h6 is not as romantic as a candlelight oh i'm a bit afraid of candles due to um i i, I don't i don't okay. need a candlelight i was just okay Uh, okay, next question. Um, tell me about your biggest failures. I mean, why do you think they happened? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my failures. Yeah. Um, why don't you go first? Uh, sure. How are you? How are you feeling for energy? Like it's well, it's almost my bedtime. I yeah. mean, I would say like we can do a few more, and then uh, yeah, and then, okay, yeah. Um, my failures. I mean, which one? Um. I would say um, I'm going to therapy to avoid. Uh, you go to therapy? Oh, yeah. How many therapists have you had? Oh, um, I don't know. I, I don't really keep count. But, uh, but there's one I like that I've kept for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then there's an auxiliary one that's, in, that's 
uh, you know, I'm working with uh, mm-hmm. over the last couple of months. She's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, no complaints. I yeah. definitely do not have extended love affairs with any of my therapists. With therapist. your therapist, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that has definitely not been... My, but it's It's been more like, I don't understand, like, why I'm spending... Th- I feel like, I don't know, maybe, like, uh, I feel like therapy is, like, around, more around, like, is it chemistry? Is it, like, is it just, like, having a pal to talk about your shit? Like, like Just so you don't complain too much to your friends. I think that's at its core what it is. Uh, you know, you need you need to, you're like you're paying someone to essentially offload your problems to because you don't want to you don't want to burden your family mm-hmm. and your friends. So so you need I feel like you need chemistry. But anyway, um, that's a different story. But the point of like the reason I don't like this question is because uh, my therapist is trying to help me reframe my failures as positive and negative and avoid uh, okay. seeing things as purely failures or purely positive so for me that question is probably like the first place my mind went to was my was my phd i decided to do a phd and i thought it was a complete waste of time uh-huh. and uh, yeah i don't know i i think there's too many phds and i feel like if there's any phd students listening to this i think they should stop you can quit your phd you that's a controversial your... opinion what that's your controversial opinion <laughs> i don't know i feel like it's a popular opinion i oh. uh, i think i think uh i certainly feel like i wasted a lot of time in my phd i did it for certain reasons but i certainly could have cut it short much oh, earlier i feel like a failure that i don't have my phd like i feel like i don't have the inputs to have like a rewarding career right like the robots are taking over translation and writing and i'm like ugh. That's why I feel like, oh, I messed that up. I should have, I don't know. I mean, I, I couldn't have mm-hmm. gone to med school. I would have, like, just, like, fallen on the, like, I would have just, like, bled on, out in whatever room they put me in. I would have <laughs> fallen, gotten a concussion. Like, it would have gone badly. But, yeah. So, you feel like if you wasted time on your PhD. Yeah. I felt like I should have, oh, I would have died. School so hard. Oh, my it, God. It was the most miserable. Oh, no. Years of my life. You're like so, I like I. I don't think you missed out there. Okay. Um, but when are you at your happiest? I'm going off script. Oh, me? Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty happy right now with my shirt stuck to me and just dripping my face, dripping. I don't know. I find happiness is such a. I think it's a. It's a high bar. It's a lot of pressure, you know. When people are like, well, I just want you to be happy. Like, remember my sister telling me that once when I was like, I was. I used to clean houses for a living, and I, I burnt out of it out a couple of times. And she was like, well, what do you want to do that makes that like what that you're not happy? And I was like, that's not the point. It's not about being happy. It's about like what's viable, you know, what can right. you actually do? But I think that happiness comes like for me, it's just like it's just like a grace. It's like the in-between moments. It's like just like when I meet up with my two besties for pizza and we just like, I don't know, like one time we re- we just like we were reading online reviews for like Harry Boo sugar-free candy and we're just like we just laughed so hard we were just gonna die laughing about like i mean Mm. i guess maybe i'm just happiest when i'm reading online reviews (laughs) 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 but you know what i mean it's just stupid shit like that like i I am like i when i was like the ukulele segment on the podcast i just die i think it's so funny it's so bad right it's like you know when people are like half bad ukulele or like, it's like it, when people say to a performance, it's like, oh, it's not half bad. It's like, oh, no, it is half bad. Like, or maybe it's not half bad. It's like seven eighths bad, right? It's ri- right. like, it's ridiculous. But it, I would say I'm like quite happy and in the moment there. I mean, like I get some good, 
I can get some good laughs in my life. And that is when I'm the happiest is when I'm having a good laugh. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Are you like, can you make people laugh? Like on command? Like, like, is it like in a stand up routine? Sure. Like in a. Sta- oh, I just mean like when I'm laughing myself. I mean, I've never tried stand up comedy. I'm very yeah. intrigued. I feel like I would get really sweaty and stressed out. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've made you laugh yeah, like yeah. twice. I use, I, my therapist thinks I'm very funny, but you know. Um, not the one you fell in love with he did too yeah yeah that's why i thought he loved me back um so oh he's laughing i made him laugh oh this is the happiest moment of my life okay this is going so well i know no this is okay so our lives are not failures um i don't really want to talk about when we both felt heartbroken do you um no i i feel like we we've done a lot of heavy hitting questions yeah, for okay. a first date um, i know okay so which one do you want um, um red flags pet peeves no let's do the red flags and pet peeves and then we'll wrap oh, red flags and pet peeves okay so oh. okay so when entering a relationship do you have any red flags and pet peeves and let's see if we have each other's red flags and pet peeves that's fun <laughs> right I feel like you can start. I don't have to think about red flags and pet peeves. But uh, you, you, why don't you start? Okay. Well, I mean, for me, really just like smoking doesn't work out for me. Mm. And um, the other thing is like substances, like too off on substances too regularly and like any kind of like denial about dependency on, on, on substances, mm. reliance on. Like I don't understand – like, I'm sure there are lots of people I enjoy who just take weed and I don't know about it and whatever. But like, I just, when I'm in an intimate situation and somebody is like a regular consumer, I don't like, I just find the reactions are like, there just can be some up and down. Like they're like all happy, chill. I'm so funny. I'm so awesome. And then like, all of a sudden they'll get so mad at me because they won't be high. And it's like, I just want like, I just feel a bit like it's not a good match if you're like a stoner or a partier or a smoker. Mm, okay. Um, and otherwise, otherwise, like, you know, I mean, I think you should, like, you need to wipe down the sink every time. <laughs> After you use which, it, you which sink? Like the, the, sink. the bathroom sink. Yeah. You, no, you, I'm, are you, okay. no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, what about you? Do you have pet peeves? Oh, uh, pet peeves. Um, I'm pretty sure I do. Okay. I haven't, I haven't thought about them in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, so, okay, so a bit of a random story. My cousin is crashing in my place because he's going through a divorce. So I'm right now, this minute. Oh, uh, okay. And so I'm like trying to see where my pet peeves are, you know, like, because you, you have I haven't lived with suddenly. someone, I, I haven't oh. lived with someone in a long time. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm like trying to explore what my pet peeves are. And honestly, I'm surprised I haven't found a pet peeve yet. So you're having an okay time with your cousin. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty he's a pretty I mean, he's a smoker, so that's a problem. But, mm-hmm. you know, I put pretty firm boundaries that he can't smoke mm-hmm. inside the house. Um Yeah, but like uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's not somebody I'm like he would be a very difficult person for me to be in a relationship with or even to be a home, how um roommate. Yeah. Um let's just say he wouldn't be my friend. Uh, if, cousin, if we, if, are you okay with this being online? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, I, no, I would. I would say naturally he wouldn't be my friend. Like, like what binds us together is family. Uh, is family, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Uh, I've accepted that, mm-hmm. and and you know, 
I don't know if this is answering the question. I'm surprised that, that I don't have any pet peeves other than his smoking, but I've, I've set boundaries around. Oh, what I was going to say is that, you know, he, he drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he's going through divorce also, so he's, yeah, he's processing he's a lot. Best, yeah. uh, he's not at his best. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like uh, my pet peeves are more around communication, I think. Okay. If I word it, like, and that's what frustrates, actually, now that I'm realizing, what frustrates me most about my time with my cousin is, like, communication. Because he just grunts instead of communicates, or <laughs> he doesn't text you about things. Communication, uh, I would say that's important to me, too. Yeah. Um, what is about communication that is my pet peeve? I don't know. Um, it's, it's more like, he doesn't always tell me what's on his mind. I, like, I don't like, Yeah, that's stressful. It's like, yeah I, f- yeah, I feel like he's, yeah, I feel like he's not always, yeah, okay, so I'm not saying he's dishonest, but, uh, but I think honesty is key in communication, yeah. and I feel like you're either dishonest with yourself, or you're dishonest with the person in front of you, mm-hmm. and I feel like if, that's my pet peeve, if you're not honest in, in, in communication, I think that's, that becomes a problem for me, like, it's... That's a good one. I'm fairly honest. Um, <laughs> I can see this. I'm pretty honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah. smoking Sugden says, okay, well, that seems good, right? That was a great amount. I feel like oh, we, shit, I feel we, like... Forgot the, we forgot the listener question, though. Okay, that's good. We're going to go to the listener question, and then, okay. then it's a wrap. Okay. This is your strange and beautiful life. Get support from End Times, a short story collection by Michelle Siba. Published by Prehand Books, End Times delves into timely topics like the opioid crisis, climate change, abortion rights, and all without pushing any nauseating moral agenda. Michelle's observations are pointed and witty, and her spot-on characterizations takes us into the heads of people from all walks of life. It is funny, it is nuanced, it is important. And you can purchase it at your favorite indie bookstore. You can also enter our contest to win a free signed copy. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook and look for the video where I am flailing Michelle's book around like a zealot for contest rules and details. End Times is the kind of book you need multiple copies of so that you can give them to your friends and your relatives, no matter their beliefs or politics. I am allergic to acquiring possessions. However, I absolutely could not resist purchasing Michelle's book. I have devoured it more than once, and you will too. Hook yourself up with Michelle Siba's End Times. Thank you so much, and let's get back to the show. I feel like I feel like we need a light question to like wrap it up. Oh, this one's pretty light. Are you yeah, ready? Okay. okay. <laughs> Wait. Okay, you get to pick between shit or cum. Which one do you want to deal with? Mm, I'll do cum. Okay. <laughs> um, dear Erica and her dreamy hot date. Yes. My girlfriend loves, I mean loves, getting oral sex. And I am pretty good at it, I have been told. The problem is that she only wants it right after I am done the deed. And I'm not trying to taste my own stuff. I am finding it harder and harder to deal with the weird smell. Talking about it seems like the mature thing to do, but I just can't. What should I do? Love, mouth full of himself. (laughs) Oh, God, I love this question. Um, Okay. How would you deal with it? I, I would say you should take one for the team. 
Like, I mean, like, because, like, if, if a dude goes down on you and then they come back up and kiss you, like, that happens, I don't know, like, doesn't that just happen? And it's just, like, we're all mixing. That's, like, the point, you know? Wait, I'm trying to understand the problem. So he goes down on her. No. They, they fuck, and then she, a lot of women don't come from penetration, so then he goes down and, like, right. finishes her off after yes. he's probably come already, right? Yes. Um... I don't know, can he just wipe her off or something? Like, just, like, do a little finger fucking, get mix things around first, and then... I mean, I don't know. I never really thought of the mechanics of this. Yeah, I, I would agree. Like, so it's a problem for him, though. I mean... He doesn't like the taste of his own mess. Yeah. If they um, use condoms, I could see that being bad, but... Yeah. Uh, it's healthy. It has protein. Oh. Um, have you... Like, what do you think? I, Hypothetically. I, it's, a, it's a problem I haven't encountered surprisingly i like is or maybe i've encountered and i haven't noticed it i (laughs) i I don't know i think uh i think yeah um i i would um maybe have just like sparkling water by the just by the bed and then then, sparkling water no i just just have a sip of sparkling water after oh i see rinse yeah rinse Just, just yeah, just reset the palate afterwards. Adopt a growth mindset. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, adopt a growth. I agree. You know what I mean? Because, like, I just feel like, is there some kind of hang up here? Because, like, is isn't it, that the whole point of sex is you just kind of, like. It's, it's messy. It's, like, you know, it's messy, weird smells, weird tastes. Like, it's just, like, you're, I feel like maybe you're not really in the moment. But then the problem is if he came, then maybe that's why he's not in the moment. But, but is it important to her? Maybe she, I, I, Maybe she doesn't care. Maybe she's like, oh, no, okay, whatever. I think the timing of it sounds important. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, he could try to have it. He could try to, he could mix it up and, and get her, go down on her before they fuck. I feel like that would be nice. But like, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he should do all of the above. But um, yeah, switch. we're not super helpful here, except that I, I just feel like. Maybe I, a kombucha instead of sparkling water. Have a kombucha afterwards? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I feel like kombucha would do. Yeah, and then it will mix with all the like fermentation. Yeah, I just I don't I just feel like maybe he's not in the moment enough, but like maybe you need to relax more and just like you, you really can't think about what's happening during sex, no. which is just not going to be excellent. Um, no. So maybe you're just like thinking too much. Like, of course, it's going to taste like a certain thing, and like I don't know. Like now you know how we feel too, right? Suck it up. Yeah, let's lick it up. Lick sorry, it up. I'm sorry. Okay, Friend. mouth full of absolve. Okay. Great question. Okay. Yeah. Okay, this has been great. And now are you ready for our ukulele segment? I am ready. Okay, so everybody, this was our date and it's almost Erica's bedtime, but we've done really well and now we'll be right back. Okay, thank you for listening. We'll see you on the other side. Okay, love you, bye. Um, so, yeah, Amir didn't tell me this, but he plays the ukulele. Was it a pandemic project? I it mean, was a pandemic project. Yeah, me too. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Right. Wow. That's so magical. Oh, yeah, what I a know. great match. What, um, a, what a coincidence. <laughs> okay. So, let's, um, we are going to sing, the song is not called Time of Your Life. It's called Good Riddance by Green Day, but it sounds like it would be called Time of Your Life. So, look up Good Riddance by Green Day. This is... <laughs> 
not going to be our most stunning performance. Well, it's going to be like a mirror in my most stunning performance that has ever been, but um, you need to sing along. Okay. Um, Okay. Are you ready? I'm, I'm so ready. I thought you were going to do the first. Oh, fuck. I think so. I think that's how the song starts. Ready? Fuck. Okay. Another turning, turning point, point, a fork stuck in the road. <laughs> Time, Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. Wait, so make, make the, the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope, hope you, you had the, the time, time of your life. Oh, sorry. So take the, the photographs and still frames in your mind. Hang it on a shelf in good health and good time. Tattoos of memories and dead skin on trial. But it's worth it, it was worth all the while. Something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank I just had much. the time of my life. That was pretty fun. Okay. Yeah, thank um, you. And that's it. Do you have anything else do you want to tell our listeners? No. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this amazing first day. Oh my god. Amazing I, first day. I just destroyed No, you're fine. Okay. Um yeah. Yes. Okay, so we're gonna open the windows and maybe make out now. <laughs> but <laughs> definitely open the windows. Okay. Um thanks everybody. Thanks. Love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Oh, wow. That was exceptional. I am not sure we have ever had that generous a rendition of Half Bad Ukulele. So bravo, Amir. Uh, Everybody is probably dying to know what happened after the date was over or after we stopped recording. And well, we opened the window. Uh, We sort of like aired out our shirts. Mine was stuck to my back, as I mentioned about 40 times in the recording. And then we had chips out on the deck with some hummus. Namir had brought, he actually gave me a bag of lettuce, which I thought was thoughtful. I mean, it's very hard to eat vegetables after inflation. Um, I, I just don't eat vegetables the way I used to. Uh, And then we kind of talked about all the boring things that you usually talk about on a first date, like, you know, where'd you grow up? What'd you study? All that. And I don't know. I mean, my 13th therapist, she met her husband online um, about a million years ago, probably just before I started online dating. And I think she would be really proud of me because she always says that online dating, like all this dating stuff and meeting people, it's just practice. And doesn't matter if it turns into like the next beautiful love story. You just need to get used to getting to know people. I mean, I don't always love it when happily married people tell me that or like when people are like, oh, it's just a social experiment. It's like a draining and a time consuming social experiment. 
However, I thought that this date was really fun. And I mean, I, I, I didn't really read the vibe so well. I don't really know, like... The logistics of a date as a low-grade performance, I mean, all dates are kind of a low-grade performance. I don't know, like, if the microphones affected flirting. Like, I felt like we were both kind of there to get the job done. Uh, But I also talked too much. So in some ways, it really was like a realistic date because, yeah, like, we're all, we are all kind of performing and... And I always, I always talk too much. So yeah, kudos to Amir for being quite a good sport. Uh, and yeah, and then Amir left not too long past my bedtime. I had the lettuce. I've been crunching on the lettuce the last few days. And so what else can I say? Um, so we have not fallen rapidly and wildly in love. I mean, there's still time, I guess. I don't know. But like I said, I thought it was a success. And also, I think that... I feel like if Amir ever wants to date someone else, which maybe he wants to immediately, uh, he can be like, hey, one time I was on this podcast, and then he can like give them the link to the podcast. And I think it gives them a good idea of what to expect. Um, And yeah, I'm not sure I would do the same for anybody who maybe wants to date me, but might be too late. So I asked Amir for his final statements, and he said... Thanks for last night. Twas fun. He also had a statement about the lettuce. He said, to me, Andy is the epitome of lettuce perfection. Okay. And all for just $2. And his final statement was serendipity rules the day. Okay. So that's great. I hope everybody finds magical love through serendipity, even if that involves swiping people's faces. If you would like to send fan mail to either me or Amir, uh, you can write to me through my website, through Instagram at erica.j.schmidt. You can also follow me on Facebook. This is Your Strange and Beautiful Life is an independent podcast. So if you wrote a book like Michelle Seba, or if you sell lettuce, or I don't know, if you make reviving skincare for tired people in their late 30s, uh, please just hit up my website, ericajschmidt.com slash contact, and we can have a beautiful collaboration. Um, What else do I need to say? You can check out my merch exquisite, adorable, life-changing dog cards you can put on your fridge at erikajschmidt.com slash merch. Thank you so much to Amir again for believing in serendipity. Thank you to my darling big sister, Tess Levitt, who helped me refine the inspiration for this podcast. Check out Tess's episode, episode nine, The Big Heart Journey with Tess Levitt. Thank you to Sherwin Tijia. Uh, my creative and technical advisor and most cherished friend. Follow Sherwin's Quirky Events on Facebook. Follow Joe Catman on Facebook. Thank you to my dearly departed aunt, Eileen Gunn, whose surprise and generous gift allowed me to purchase my podcast equipment. Uh, Thank you, listeners. Don't forget to subscribe to This Is Your Strange and Beautiful Life on all your favorite podcast platforms. We'll be back at you with a brand new episode in approximately one or two Tuesdays. Okay, now are you ready? We have to sing the theme song. So sing as loud and proud as Amir. Okay, ready? This is your strange and beautiful life. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you. Bye.